Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. It is 43, sorry about that, 308 here in Northeast Pennsylvania, 49 degrees with some light rain outside, some misting on this Wednesday, December 27th, 2023, otherwise known as the abyss between uh, Christmas and New Year's, that... uh, no-fly zone that uh, some people have off, some people don't. Traffic was real light today. Traffic going north up by me in Waverly was jammed up because I believe they were doing some sort of construction, so it was down to one lane, so that was causing havoc there. But as far as the rest of the route, a lot of people not on the roads today. I mean, I imagine all the schools are out, so that's a big chunk of commuters that would be driving around during those times. No school buses. But uh, again, you truckers are out there. You police, fire, medical personnel. Or all on your shifts, anywhere, anyone else. I mean, most most factory workers are working between between the days here. Hopefully, your Christmas was okay. Hopefully, you didn't have to work Christmas weekend. My daughter did. She had to work Christmas Day. So, uh, you know, we've kind of been broken up here. So, how is everybody doing? The year's coming to an end. Are you uh, are you happy with 2023? Are you content with the way it went for you personally? Let's hear uh, your synopsis of. Uh, 2023 as a whole for me it's kind of eh it was it was good it was a good year nothing unbelievably life-changing I guess um you know I did get the notification we're having our first grandchildren but that grandchild but that's in 2024 but just the news of it kind of gives you uh something to look forward to but other than that you know I've been here with you guys for almost a year next month is a year here with you guys on the air Appreciate your support. Appreciate you guys listening daily, hopefully. If not, catch it when you catch it. But uh, other than that, you know, my son left back for Virginia Beach today. We, we got some things to talk about today. You know, with the holiday here, I of course, I got the news sprinkled in. There's some major developments in the world as far as uh, the conflicts going on and, and some increase in, in uh, our involvement took place from... Uh, late the 26th into the 27th where our military uh, got involved in an air, in some air-to-air kills, which is the first time since, I believe, 2017 that that's happened. So we're going to talk about that later on where a couple of our our fighter jets from the USS Eisenhower took some uh, defensive actions and taking down cruise missiles, ba- ballistic missiles, and anti-ship ballistic missiles, along with one of our uh, Arleigh Bur- Burke-class destroyers out there in the Red Sea. Also, you know, we're going to talk about how uh, that coalition that the Biden administration formed with uh, dozens of nations to keep the Red Sea and our container ships flowing has kind of dissolved because a lot of countries, France being one of them, Germany being another, and a few others, uh, do not have faith in the leadership of, uh, of America for the most part, and they will not put their ships under the command of U.S. forces in the Red Sea. They don't feel there's clear and concise leadership. They don't believe there's clear and concise rules of engagement. So they're there. They're going to act on their own in a defensive manner. But as far as falling into that coalition, it's kind of fallen apart out there in the Red Sea. And as uh, as the new year approaches, there's already, uh, intelligence that there's going to be widespread disruptions at places like Times Square's New Year's Eve. 
Uh, as we speak right now, there are pro-Hamas protesters aren't the word because they're breaking the law. You know, when, when you sit and block traffic, that's not that's not a First Amendment right. That's not peaceful protest. You're breaking the law. And until we start taking it as such and handling it as such, they're going to continue to do this. But right now, as we speak, they are uh, blocking traffic near JFK Airport in New York, and I believe they're blocking the airport egresses and entrances in uh, L.A. as well. So that's going on as we speak. And like I said, until we start treating these people who are, are not practicing their First Amendment rights, they're not peacefully protesting, they're, they're stopping the flow. One, one of the biggest things for disorderly conduct, for and, and it increases from there, is blocking the, the free flow of pedestrian vehicle traffic, vehicular traffic. If you're going about your business and somebody is preventing you from doing that, um, that's not peaceful protest. That's not a First Amendment right. They can protest where all they want. They can get permits so it could be blocked off and you could be escorted around that in a lawful manner. But just to sit in the middle of the street, glue yourself to things, disrupt the everyday lives of the people around you, that, that's not peaceful protest. And we need to start uh, start treating it such as that. And And by that, I mean send a clear and concise message. We need to arrest the individuals and hold them responsible. And if you are here illegally, if you are have warrants, if you have a criminal record, you need to be handled substantially more than if you were just standing on a street cor corner blocking people and yelling. And until we do that, until we stop slapping these people on the wrists like we did after the BLM riots, like we did after the Occupy riots, if we did, it's, it's, it's a cycle of time and time again where we've just allowed this, there's no retribution, there is no penalty. So why wouldn't you keep doing it? They are well-funded. They are paid for doing a lot of times what they're doing. This isn't, listen, I stand for this, and out of the goodness of my heart, I'm going to protest this. Uh, these are well-funded, well-equipped professional protesters, a good majority of them. Now now there are the the idealistic individuals that are sprinkled in. But for, for the most part, the people planning and doing this are professionals at this. They're paid very well to do it. They're given stipends. They're given travel expenses. They're giving the resources and the infrastructure to do these things. They're giving the, re the, the re infrastructure to communicate with each other. And that's why this is getting done time and time again. Until we start coordinating who these people are, identifying them, connecting the dots to see which is where, because we're finding that these individuals, regardless of the, the reason for the protest, they are at all of them for some reason. And we have to start taking that into uh, consideration. And he says there's a major backup on 81 North near 178 and backed up all the way to 172 because of an accident. Yeah, I passed that coming south. Uh, I believe they were also doing some road work off to the side of that, which kind of exacerbated that. But, yeah, that's up near Waverly, and it's going all the way down almost to Clark Summit, I would imagine, at this point. But it was down to one lane, and it is backed up. So I know when my, my daughter and my wife were coming home from western Pennsylvania today after visiting my daughter, uh, they had to take the Casey Highway around because they couldn't take 81 North because of the backup. So if you are looking to go 81 North, if you have no other choice, then you're kind of stuck with it. But if, you can, if you're going to the upper valley, Carbondale, German, Mayfield, Honesdale, uh, you're probably better off taking the Casey Highway if you're at that part.
body shop guys checking in. They locked up so many people that did nothing on January 6th, but this this they let slide. Unreal, body shop guy. It does seem like it's two different um, courses of justice now, doesn't it? Not to say that people didn't do things wrong on January 6th, but there were a lot of people scooped up in that, that that did minor things like simply trespassing, like simple disorderly conduct. Uh, I would say blocking the interstates and blocking the highways to go to JFK airport, stopping people from getting to their medical appointments, doctor appointments, travel arrangements, whatever it may be, uh, fits into that category where they should be... uh, All the way up there. Um, let me see what we got here. Uh, one thing, being it's it's Christmas, it looks like uh, some Pennsylvania, well, not some, all of our Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Sorry, been off for a couple of days. And by the way, I thank Sue Henry for being here yesterday. And a little bird told me she's going to be in on Friday too for me when I'm going to be out. And I, I shouldn't say a little birdie. They don't tell uh, Jake and I pretty much anything. We find out on our own. But uh, you'll have Sue here on uh, Friday as well. So thank you, Sue, for filling in yesterday and again on Friday. Uh, like I always say, I love when the show's in your hands when you're here uh, when I'm off. But um, going back to what I was saying, Pennsylvania lawmakers uh, got their Christmas gift this year. Uh, not in the lieu of a bonus, but uh, Pennsylvania lawmakers' base salary now tops $106,000 after an automatic pay raise. Pennsylvania lawmakers' base salary rose, like I said, to more than $106,000, prompting a fresh round of criticism from the annual automatic pay bump. The state constitution says that legislators shall receive such salary and mileage for regular and special sessions as shall be fixed by law. Since 1995, state law has given all 253 legislators, plus the governor, lieutenant governor, cabinet heads, and row officers, and all judges an annual cost of living adjustment, COLA, based on the rate of inflation in the greater Philadelphia region. After passing into six digits last year, rank-and-file legislators' salary rose to more than 106000 on December 1st for the next 12 months, according to a notice in the Pennsylvania Bulletin. That's a 3% pay bump. Now, 3% pay bump is probably, you know, if you look at it at that stance, it's not a big, big increase. It's kind of average. For what's going on, anywhere between 1% and 3% is normally where it is. And they, they even say the automatic raises vary each year, but typically represent a 1% to 3% pay bump. But what's the median income in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? We also have to look at that. And, and let's be honest, this really isn't a full-time job for most of these people. It, it truly isn't. Sorry to say it, but it should be. But you can't get a budget on time. How many times have we gone past? I mean, even this year, it was six months overdue till the final complete budget was done. Thankfully, we didn't have a shutdown, but we were close to it, and this seems to be the the norm every year. The General Assembly voted to suspend the salary hike in 2020 because of the COVID pandemic, but raises resumed the following year, boosted by high inflation. And again, not to say that 
they don't deserve a 3% of between a 1% and 3% pay raise. But you, you should really factor in the median income. And, and I think this goes for our U.S. representatives as well. Their pay, and I know it's nationwide, so no matter if you live in a, a low-cost area in America or New York City or Chicago or Philadelphia, you know, wherever you live that the cost is extremely high to live, it should be tied to your median income in some way. I, I think that would just be a fairer way to do that, to, to let them understand what the people in their districts are dealing with day in and day out. And I think the same goes for our state legislatures. Just as, you know, Pennsylvania is one of the highest paid state legislatures in the nation. Automatic pay raises. They make well, pro- probably double what the median income is in Pennsylvania. And this $106,000 does not include other things like their per diems, their stipends they get, their costs, and such like that. So what's your thoughts on that? What's uh, Do you think it should be more tied to the median income of the state? And that's what we should pay our legislatures. And then whatever the COLA is, and again, why pick Philadelphia? It should be the medium state cola, not one of the higher live, uh, not one of the higher places to live, like Philadelphia, tied to that in our nation. But I, I, our, our our elected officials have lost touch with the with the people day in and day out. They they try to portray this charade. We see it with our states, with our U.S. United States senators. We see it with our U.S. representatives. We see it with our local elected officials. But should it be more tied? And, and I understand you're doing a very important job, but you're to- choosing to do this job. You're portraying it as a public service. You're, you're seeking elected office as a public service to make your community better, to make your state better, to make your county better. Nowhere in there says you should be paid extremely high to do that. You should be paid the median of what the people you represent get. And not to say that there are people in the state who make extremely well off salaries. There's people who do very struggle each and every day, but should be tied more to that median income. I personally think it should. And then you can factor in whatever the cost of living increases, where people are on fixed income, like our people on Social Security, our elderly, you know, our people on Medicare, Medicaid, food stamp, whatever social services you are on and collecting. That and pensions, people who pensions who have a cost of living increase built into that. You know, it should be factored in there, but it doesn't mean you should be at the higher end for that because it. it doesn't put you in touch with what people are struggling. I think if more people in Harrisburg, if more people in Washington had to pinch their pennies, they'd be a little more responsible on getting a budget, what they put in a budget. If they complicate budgets so much that it becomes unusable, like we've seen with our tax code, like we've seen with our, you know, some state laws. Just my two cents there, and I wanted to put it out there to see how you feel. But how do you feel about our state legislators making over 100 grand, 106 grand base salary? It's uh, 323 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 326 here, 50 degrees with some light rain outside. 
Uh, yeah, traffic has built up. Um, you have traffic from 309 all the way up to the uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Airport going north on 81. South, you have it from uh, Music down to the airport as well. And then again, up near uh, Waverly, Clark Summit area. Uh, up there on 81, you have uh, that's where it's down to one lane because of construction. But that accident is affecting from 309 north on 81 all the way up to the airport. So if you're traveling north and south near the airport, you're hitting a little traffic, more so going north. So be careful there, and you have the traffic up near Waverly, just past uh, Clark Summit. Got a text message, and you have no proof as to how many of the protesters are paid. Shame on for spreading false info. You're correct. I don't have how, I don't have proof on how many, and that's not what I said. I said many are paid, and that's a proven fact. So... You're correct. I don't know how many, but it's been posted many, many times. I mean, just look at our f- current vice president who uh, helped raise money for their defense funds for the last group of riots that we had across America. Uh, they are funded. It's a proven fact. They are. Their infrastructure, their comms is very sophisticated. It's proven. Intel has shown that in law enforcement circles. So... But you are correct. I don't know how many. I don't have a specific number for you. That's why I said many are. So uh, that's what we get there. Another text just said, just think, in World War I, veterans that protested in front of the White House were arrested over legitimate complaints, yet today's leftist professionals, promoters, who they don't have a dog in the fight, have nothing done to them. Remember during sequestration when they closed the monuments in Washington and wouldn't permit veterans to go visit them and threaten them with arrest? Yeah, I remember that as well. So uh, we'll see what's going on there. Looking uh, just looking through some text message here. They're coming in pretty fast now. Let me see what else. Uh, if you are looking to get your driver's license renewed, just know that PennDOT driver's license and photo centers will be closed from Saturday to Tuesday. They will open up on Tuesday. Um, I have to go. Some of my kids have to go because our birthdays, my daughter's birthday was the 23rd. Uh, by the way, I thank the listeners who came out to the Highbridge House to celebrate my daughter's birthday. And happy birthday to the gentleman whose birthday was the next day who came out and drove, drove quite a way to get there with his family. To say hello, have some drinks, and they got something to eat while they were there as well. But thank you for coming out and saying hello. But, uh, yeah, my daughter, because it was her birthday there, has to get her license renewed. She did everything online, but she got her photo card, and we have to go down there. She was going to try and go down this weekend, but it's they are closed from Saturday through Monday. They will reopen on Tuesday. So if you need to get your any driver's license services, get your photo taken, your real ID, whatever it is, is at any of the... Pennsylvania Department of Transportation uh, driver's license centers just know that they will be closed Saturday. They're normally closed Sunday and Monday, and they will open up on uh, Tuesday again. So I wanted to get that information out there to you guys because I have to go. I just got my photo card because my birthday is next month, so they could do it ahead of time. We had our our photo card sent to us, so we got to stop in and get down there. So hopefully I might do that with my daughter probably Tuesday or maybe Friday of this week. We have a lot of comings and going. Like I said, my son just left for uh, back to Virginia Beach today, this morning. My wife and daughter came back from Western PA visiting my other daughter. 
I was left a, a home alone with uh, Angry Cat, the T-Rex, and uh, the Golden Doodle. And uh, they're not bad. I, you know, I, I, I don't mind dealing with them at all. I don't mind dealing with the hair. I don't mind dealing with the, the high energy of a German Shepherd dog. But it made me realize that I really don't want a dog again. So uh, I, I like the ability, not, not that I don't like dogs. I've had dogs, you know, my, my entire adult life. I've had a German Shepherd. I've had a Chocolate Lab. You know, we've, we had a little Toy Yorkie for a while there that my, my wife inherited. But uh, I'm at the point now where I just like being able to pack up and go somewhere and not have to worry about, you know, a 90-pound dog and a 70-pound dog or a 60-pound dog and a 90-pound dog. And, and a cat, and who's got to go where, and what food we got to bring, and, and such like that, and what time we have to go for a walk, and how long the walk takes, who's going to go to the bathroom when. It's just not something that's for me anymore. Uh, and again, I love dogs. It's just I'm at the point in my life where I've had mine. I don't mind, you know, having them over. I don't mind dealing with them, but it is tiring. When, when you're not used to it, and you're getting up early in the morning to take two dogs out um, and dealing with two dogs, especially... I have a lot of property, but with the German Shepherd, you know, we do keep him on a lead. Now, it's a 30-foot lead, but we still have to keep him on it. And just take the time to do all those things and make sure you get that responsibility done before you go to work, trying to show prep, trying to study things, trying to read stories. Um, it's just not something I'm used to. I'm, I'm not in that routine, so it, it's uh, kind of been uh, unusual the past week. It's been <laughs> tiring and unusual, and it's amazing how something as simple as having animals in the house Kind of throws your whole schedule into uh, to uh, a different place. That's how I'll put it. It's three uh, thirty-two here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Three thirty-seven, fifty degrees with some light rain out there. I'm sure you could tell Jake is back on the ones and twos and the music selection in there. Jake, I appreciate you. Thanks. Uh, how was your uh, long weekend? It was nice, but good, good even break, right. Even a long weekend goes by so fast, Rob. It does. It does. Yeah. It does indeed. I, I, by the time yesterday turned around, I'm like, I gotta go back tomorrow. Where'd it go? Uh, it was a busy four days, so I guess that made it go by quicker. So we're back, though. We'll see what goes on. It says Rob, 81 is a disaster in the valley. I drive almost a thousand miles a week in the tri-state area, and this corridor of 81 between Wilkesbury and Scranton is hands down the worst in the region. Yeah, it's kind of been one thing after another. I mean, take away the normal congestion, take away the accidents, take away this constant perpetual uh, construction that they're doing. I mean, they were closing one lane to repave in this new build back better and stuff. And don't get me wrong, the roads are great. But when you repave the road and then you got to tear up the same road or parts of the road six or seven times to get it right, it kind of gets old. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the things that's been going on in 81 up there. You, you do have the, the issues with, uh, you know, everything else that goes along with, with congestion. And it's just going to get worse. I mean, more people are more people, more vehicles on the road. And this perpetual uh, let's fix things cycle, not to mention the seasonable, seasonable, it's not even seasonable, it's year-round now, a uh, pothole avoidance spectacular that we deal with day in and day out. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Angelo from Madisonville. How was your holiday, my friend? Oh, I tell you what, you couldn't have a better holiday, buddy. Christmas, uh, then the day after my birthday, I'll tell you what, my wife took me all around Lackawanna County. 
She, uh, well, I didn't go to bed Christmas night. I stayed up at 12.05 on the 26th. We went riding around. We had breakfast at the waffle shop. Look, there was hardly anything open, just a couple truck stops. And But there was still people that had their lights on. It was, it was awesome. I'll tell you what, I got to be with my children and grandchildren and daughter-in-law and it's the little you things know, that are uh, best in this world, aren't they? Aren't they, Angelo? Oh yeah, it's uh, you know I'm I'm a blessed man. Every day I wake up and I take the dog out there and I sit in that chair and I thank God for the gift of this day. I you know what I called? I I called to, to I I you asked a question before. Well, my answer to your question is they should all be ashamed of themselves there. There's, there's crumb bums on both sides of the aisle, and they're all getting paid too much. And, and not only that, they're, they're how, how did my grandfather say it? I better say it in English because uh, nobody will understand if I say it in Italian. They, 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 they're overpaid underachievers. You know, you've got a lot of good ones there, but you know and I know and we know both know a lot of people out there. It's ridiculous. I never seen nothing like it in my life. I talked to a couple of my buddies. They're 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 policemen. Some are retired. Then I talked to to uh, a cousin of Casey, and it, it, it's it, everybody is mostly everybody. Eighty percent of the people I talk to are fed up right past their eyebrows. Rob, honest to God. It, it, it is. I'm looking. I'm looking at the the state legislative salaries across the nation. And New York is number one at 142 thousand dollars a year. California comes in second at 123 thousand dollars a year. Then Pennsylvania at 106 thousand dollars a year. After Pennsylvania, Illinois is after that. Illinois, and they only have 85 thousand dollars a year. So there's a uh, almost a 20 thousand dollar difference between Pennsylvania and the next in line. And Pennsylvania is the most expensive, highest paid legislator in the nation. Ain't that, ain't that something? And then, and then you got these. They, they say uh, migrants. They're illegal aliens. You know, my my parents and grandparents. They come from Italy legally. They busted their uh, calionis in this country. And and you know, my father was a decorated hero. Matter of fact, Bob honored him one time, Mister Cadaro. And you know what? It's a shame to see. I'm riding around. I told you we're riding around, and I see this guy downtown. I, I come through the expressway. I figured maybe that place on uh, Music Street had the lights on, you know. And they did. It was it was cool going through the alley and looking at all the 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 uh, lights and everything that he has the display. There was a guy there down by the the donut shop there, and and I recognized him. It, it, this poor guy. He uh, he he fought in uh, in, in uh, Vietnam. He's a he, you know there's homeless veterans uh, in this country, and a lot of the cities have them. But yet they're making over a hundred and some thousand dollars a year. They should be ashamed of themselves. There's homeless veterans in our county, about. Angelo. There's homeless veterans in our county. <laughs> right. That's that's yeah exactly. Uh, uh, God, I tell you, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could keep talking about it. It's yeah, if you look at Pennsylvania, up, I'm looking at the map now, $106,000 they make now. If you look at New Jersey, they only make $49,000 a year. If you look at Maryland, they make $50,000 a year. If you look at Delaware, they make uh, 
$47,000 a year. If you look at West Virginia, they only make $20,000 a year. Uh, Ohio only makes $67,000 a year, and they're a full-time legislature, just like uh, Pennsylvania is, you know, making making almost half of what our legislature makes. So, yeah, I, you know, I think it should be tied to the median income of the state. That, that's just my two cents. But the third highest paid legislator well, I, I in the nation. I can't disagree with you, buddy. Angela, I can't I, disagree with you. I appreciate you checking in. Happy belated birthday, and maybe I'll speak to you tomorrow before the new year. Okay, buddy. Thank, thank you, and God bless you and your family. God bless you, Jake. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Angelo. It's uh, 344 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 347, 50 degrees. Some misting out there. Be careful of the traffic. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs. And Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van temperature controlled and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, the IRS wants to give you a little heads up uh, and remind you that uh, retirement account holders to make their withdrawals as per the U- uh, rules changes that started this year. If you're old enough to remember Elvis Presley early years or the end of the Korean War, the IRS is reminding you to make mandatory withdrawals from your retirement accounts. People born before 1951 must take required minimum distributions from money held in IRAs and other retirement plans according to IRS requirements. The new law took effect in 2023. The SECURE Act 2.0 also makes other changes regarding mandatory withdrawals. The law also substantially reduces the excise tax on funds when withdrawals weren't made according to requirements. So just know... Millions of Americans had uh, withdrawals made before taxes were taken out of their paycheck and invested into retirement accounts. As millions of those working taxpayers plan for retirement or retire, federal law requires mandatory withdrawals from the account beginning at a specific age. For individuals born before 1951, required minimum distributions from retirement plans are required this year and in most circumstances already started. However, new in 2023 is a change in the age where account holders must start taking the minimum distributions. That age for required withdrawals increased from 72 to 73. So individuals born in 1951 must take their first required minimum distribution by April 1st, 2025 for 2024. For younger retirement account holders in 2033, the SECURE Act 2.0 raises the age for required minimum distributions to 75. Account holders can wait to make their first required minimum distribution on April 1st of the year after they reach 72. However, second withdrawal must be completed before December 31st of that year to meet the IRS distribution requirements. As always, talk to your professional advisors if you have one. Look into the rules yourself. This is just a heads up that the rules did change, and if you're at the age where you have to take your minimum distribution, just be aware of it. Coming up on 3.50, time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 3.53. says temperatures are dropping, but it's about 49 degrees outside, 50 degrees Clouds, some mist, some showers. Uh, looks like traffic is no better from 309 North on 81 all the way to... Uh, actually, it looks like it starts to clear a little bit just past the Pittston exit, and then you're kind of in the yellow. So it's slow, but it's moving by the airport now. 
Uh, same thing south if you're coming south on 81 by the airport. You know, you're hitting a little traffic on Muzik. As expected at 4 o'clock on a weekday. But uh, we'll see where that goes. Well, it looks like uh, millions of student loan borrowers still aren't paying their bills. Federal student payments, loan payments, started at the beginning of October after President Biden declined to extend the pandemic-era pause, which began March 2020. So for over three, over three years, three and a half years, there's been a freeze on making payments. So you'd think you'd, you know, you'd have your ducks lined up for when they kicked in again. But a lot of people just said, figured, you know, the magic wand is going to come by and just do away with them. But however, 40% of the 22 million borrowers who had bills due failed to make a payment as of mid-November, according to a report published by the Department of Education. That means about 9 million Americans who have payments due are not making them. The figure does not include borrowers who are still in school or recently left and do not yet owe payments or whose payments deadlines were extended due to loan servicing errors. This is just people who willfully, 40%, just didn't send their first payment after three-and-a-half-year hiatus of not having to make a payment. While most borrowers have already made their first payment, others will need more time, Education Department Undersecretary James Caval wrote in a report. Some are confused or overwhelmed about their options. We want to make sure borrowers know that our top priority is to support student loan borrowers as they return to repayment. So let me get this straight. People who chose not to go to college, people who went to trade school, went to the military, did other things, or successfully paid for college and and did it themselves or paying their student debt. 40% choose not after three and a half years of not having to make payments. And the answer from the Department of Education secretary is, well, they're confused. Well, you know what? You graduated college, hopefully, or you at least have some college behind you. You owe student loans. It's time to put your big boy and girl pants on. And get it done. It's that simple, right? That That's adulting, isn't it? I know it's hard. Adulting isn't easy. It's frustrating, and it doesn't stop. You know, I'm going to be 54, and adulting stinks sometimes. I get it, but there's no other choice. And either we continue to coddle these young adults who have responsibilities now, try to... Uh, negate their responsibilities, try to shield them from their responsibilities. And, or, they have to put their big boy girl in pants on, which either or, not judging, and start paying your debt. Now, even a lot of these people, this 40% here, a lot of them, have a zero payment because they're not making enough money. I mean, they have put an income clause in these new student loans when they were kind of redone, let's say, where if you're making, if you're not making a good enough salary, if you're making too less, less to survive having your first job, your payments may be zero. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be paying them. 
It doesn't mean that you're still not going to owe interest. But for 40% of borrowers to not make their payments when they resumed after three and a half years of having a hiatus, I mean, are we just waiting for the next collapse to happen and then government will step in and say, well, now we have to pay their student debt because, look, they just can't afford it. The average monthly bill hovers between $200 and $300 per person, although it's even higher for some borrowers, according to the most recent Federal Reserve data. Collectively, borrowers resumed paying about $10 billion a month in October, according to a separate analysis from J.P. Morgan. The resumption of student loan payments comes as consumers continue to face sky-high interest rates and chronic inflation, which has rapidly eroded their purchasing power. Experts say the addition of student loan payments could deliver a financial shock to millions of Americans and hinder their ability to shop at big-name stores like Target, Nike, Under Armour, and Gap. You know what? I really don't care if you can't shop at Target, Nike, Under Armour, or Gap because you have a student loan payment that you need. I don't care. Don't shop there. Shop at Walmart. Shop at Ollie's. I really don't care where you shop. Shop at secondhand stores. Do what you need to do to pay your debt. That's what adults do. Many borrowers hoped that their loans would be wiped out, but the Supreme Court earlier this year struck down that hope. Since then, the White House had announced other efforts to reduce student loan debt, including $127 billion of debt owed by 3.6 million borrowers. So there was help out there. Some got it, some didn't. If you didn't understand the terms of your loan, your commitment under that contract, that's not the taxpayer's fault. If you can't get your fancy coffee lattes or whatever you get, if you can't shop at you know bougie stores, if you can't get your fun sunglasses or your, make your car payment, do without. Pay your debts. That's the way adulting works. It's uh, 4 o'clock here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute.